The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Pete Sweeney here. No official Arrowhead Pride radio tonight, but we have just about the next best thing. Jay Binkley filled in for Carrington Harrison on The Drive on Wednesday. Here's my one-hour segment, 3.15 to 4.15, from The Drive on Wednesday, leading into the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, and welcome back to The Drive, Jay Binkley. Well, we're not doing Arrowhead Pride Radio tonight. We usually do that every Wednesday night, but obviously uh, I'm here, although that hadn't mattered at different times, but it's Arrowhead Pride Radio with the editor-in-chief, Pete Sweeney, making his usual time in here. It's like Arrowhead Pride Radio during the day. It is. I it's like still it. still daylight outside. That's nice. Well, it's fresh. You're fresh off of talking to Coach Reed. You're fresh right. off of talking to players. Uh, I just had Dave Lapham on uh, from the Bengals, Mr. Cincinnati himself, like you're Mr. Plaid. Okay. It's Mr. Bingle. But- if, if you are talking to me during the drive, I guess you do have to refer to my, my, my habit of wearing plaid, yes. Well, I brought this up because everybody talks about that game that Mahomes had against Baker Mayfield in college, mm-hmm. the game with the outrageous numbers back in October of 2016. It's where Mahomes has a, had a tying 734 yards for the most ever in the NCAA game. Yeah. But he was insane. Mahomes was insane that game. 734 yards passing. Uh, on the day, five touchdowns. Baker had 545 and seven touchdowns. He sneezed at 545 yards. But again, no defense was played. But the other guy, and this will be eventually, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was in that game. 230, or 263 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Four catches, 114 yards, three touchdowns. So Joe had seven touchdowns, uh, or excuse me, five touchdowns in that game. 263 rushing, 114 receiving. We don't talk about this. I'm sure the broadcast will bring it up at some point because they bring up that Mayfield-Mahomes game all the time. Right. Joe Mixon, a huge star in that game as well, and that's going to be a guy which part of this uh, great dynamic offense the Bengals have. I think because the Chiefs got a little bit of a break when they played Dallas with uh, Amari Cooper being out and then you had C.D. Lamb leaving in the second half, and you consider they were a little bit underhanded there. This is probably the best offense when it comes to skill position players that the Chiefs have seen and Joe Burrow seems to be playing the the best football of his short NFL career now I think the Chiefs front against the Bengals offensive line is a grand mismatch I I mean I don't think there's a way Joe Burrow goes off like he did last week you need to be protected in in order to do that and they're 30th and giving up sacks so yeah I mean, Bengals cannot protect him. I mean, how many sacks are they going to give up? If if I gave you an over under bank of let's say two and a half, you're you're taking the over, well, right? Give, yeah, they've given up forty seven this year. 
So you take the over. over of two and a half. But but they've been doing better lately. Burrow doesn't have an interception in the last three weeks. Okay. I had Mark Ross on from the NFL Network, former front office guy, Pete, two Super Bowl rings, Giants. Okay. Right. And I asked him, Herbert or Burrow, he's got no dog in the fight there. Mm. He went with Joe Burrow. And you know That's my shocker. opinion that I'd go with him. I think this guy with his moxie and everything, it just separates him a little bit uh, from Justin Herbert. Now, who knows what's going to happen? It's an empty slate. But I'm just saying, Burrow's going to be in the playoffs. There's a chance Herbert's watching on the couch like me. <laughs> no, because they lost to the Texans. If you lose to the Texans, you kind of don't belong in the playoffs. I mean, I, I can admit that. You well, know, I think this kid might be the next best thing smoking in the AFC when we're talking about who are going to be these Did you see the Burrow deep ball last week? Yeah, he's got 13 over 40 yards or more like a, tied for the lead. Look like a rainbow. He's got more over 30 yards than anybody. He's tied for the most 40 yards. And he says his arm is getting stronger today when he was uh, well, talking relax. to me. I mean, he's got to relax there. I'm just, only, that's what he said. Everyone, the guy's been speaking honestly. Everyone in the NFL, get they get a little bit weaker as the year goes on. That's something that... Burrow, Not Burrow, buddy. Burrow says he he's getting stronger. He just threw for a fourth <laughs> amount of yards in the NFL history <laughs> last Every week. Every other NFL player says, I'm only 100% in week one. But he just one. went 525, Pete. Look, he's he's riding riding the hot streak. But I just told you, I, I, he's not going to be protected enough to do that again. And if he is, I, I think the, the Chiefs have reached a point where they're clicking all cylinders on offense again and, and in a way could go toe-to-toe toe with them. Look, this, this has that potential. You know, we've seen a couple great AFC games this year. The Chiefs and Chargers w- was one of them. I'm trying to think of another one off, off the top of my head. But... Uh, think whatever you want. This could be one of those games where you look back and say, man, that was pretty fun. That was a shootout, a lot of scoring, and maybe the, the best team is the one with the, the ball last, and that, that's who ends up winning the game. Who would you say has the second most amount of talent? Obviously, you look at the Chargers, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. You look at the Broncos, with Cortland Sutton. Staying in the Tim AFC Patrick behind the Chiefs? Yeah, because you look at the Bengals, and with – T. Higgins doing what he's doing. He's six foot four. Reminds me of Mike Williams, a bit younger version. And I think he's better than Mike Williams, T. Higgins. And then, of course, you have Jamar Chase doing crazy things with Burrow, which, by the way, is a great draft pick because he only had 17 yards and 20 touchdowns the last time he was paired with Burrow at LSU. I don't know. I I think because of the amount of weapons that the Bengals have playing well, maybe you go Cincinnati. I mean, you... You got to think about the the last time we saw the Tennessee Titans on the field, though, against the San Francisco 49ers. AJ Brown is unbelievable, uh, and if you are taking the playoff Titans, which are supposed to have Derrick Henry back in the mix, I think I think they're close to to maybe taking them over the Bengals. But the Bengals have a, a shot there. Uh, I think Buffalo's out of that mix because you don't really have a run game in in Buffalo. I mean, you have a, a couple of receivers. Just Josh like, Allen. I get, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's he's you know, their biggest threat. I, and, and that's so sad, I think, to that that Buffalo and their personnel staff have, have put them in that situation where you don't trust the running backs. And Allen is good at it, and he, he's a big man, and it seems like he can take his hits until he gets that one hit that costs the Bills their playoff run. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're playing with fire a little bit. I, I, understanding uh, how much of a force Josh uh, Allen can be, I think when you – are relying on your quarterback to run that much, you, you're you playing with fire. It's one hit, and then all of a sudden, your season is, is over. And you're going, you're going with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> it is interesting. You mentioned those all the sacks they've given up. It has derailed them because the Chiefs actually average more points than the Bengals do. But as good as we're talking about them, seventh in the NFL in scoring, Chiefs are fourth. Can you believe the Chiefs are 28.1 points a game? 
And the Super Bowl winning Chiefs were at 28.2. Brought it up. Be careful what you wish for. Because I heard Steve Young, I think, give the best breakdown of Mahomes talking about him with the uh, West Coast offense, the 49ers and teams, you know, backing up their safeties, saying, do what you want to do. We're not going to be beat deep. That's what Steve Young was saying. And so, okay, so the Chiefs have adjusted. They averaged 6.8 plays per drive, most in the NFL. They have the fewest drives in the NFL, or tied for the fewest drives in the NFL. And they have the highest scoring percentage in the NFL, meaning they score almost 48% of the times they get the ball. Obviously, turnovers have changed things. But the Chiefs have the highest points per drive in the NFL, 2.68, like they did earlier. It's mm. kind of funny because they, I think oftentimes you look at the Chiefs, you think of the offensive struggles. Stats would tell you just the reverse of the Chiefs' offense, including being so close to the way in 2019, playing completely differently. The rest of the AFC left the Chiefs off the hook. Uh, they were 3-4. and four. You just had to get them one or two more losses the rest of the year. And you had 10 games to do it. And now there's only two left, and it's unlikely to happen. And then you also had this COVID outbreak. I mean, you were missing Chris Jones on Thursday night football, right? Like, you were missing Travis Kelsey. And and Tyree Kill, for what it's worth, had limited snaps against the Steelers. And the way that Patrick Mahomes was talking today at the press conference, it was because he couldn't really, like, breathe correctly coming off the COVID list because who knows if he had symptoms or or just – uh, was out of what they you know call football shape, and yet the Chiefs absolutely dominated the Steelers. And and to me, I I think it's just such a missed opportunity by the AFC, right? Like you don't want these things to break your way necessarily when it comes to the COVID stuff if you're the opposing team. But it is what what it is. And the Chiefs were 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 weak, and they continued to win against two teams uh, that might find themselves now out of the playoffs in the Chargers and Steelers. You know one thing too about Mahomes. We say, well, what about the Chargers' run defense? It's bad. Yeah. Steelers were actually worse in run defense, but both their pass defenses were good. The Chargers were fourth going into that game. Steelers were 12th and the second most sacks in the NFL. So the passing defense was there for these teams. In Mahomes, 410 yards against the Chargers, three touchdowns, 135.1 against the Steelers, throwing it to undrafted free agents. I think we, when it's all said and done, I heard Andy Reid talking about Mahomes' game and it's one of his best. It's like finding an Alex Gordon catch. It's hard to find which best one. But with the lack of players that were playing with him on offense to do what he did, I think clearly it's one of his top three games in the NFL. Probably made Byron Pringle a lot of money. Like he did Wilson? In that game, right, with with Albert Wilson. What did Wilson have in that game? Ten catches? Ended up going to the – Made a huge contract. Now he's on the back of a milk carton. But Ended up going to the Dolphins uh... – for a lot of money, I, I believe in, in that game he like doubled his yardage or something. But yet, I mean, look, people watch these games, right? The whole league watches the Chiefs. Thirty-one other teams now have an opportunity to maybe go after Byron Pringle, and I I think he made himself a little bit of money in that game. I'm sure there's a team out there that is saying, well, what would he do if if he was our our second wide receiver in, in our offense? And I'm sure he's gonna. Um, probably make more money than the Chiefs are going to be willing to spend on him now. <laughs> Albert Wilson had 10 for 147 in that game. What was the total yardage for the year? It, oh, think, it just in that year in 2017, he what? had he had 42 catches for 554 yards, it, but he had 10 for 147 just in that game. Like doubled his yard. I mean, so I know huge percentage everyone that's going to write in the text line, I know 140 times two is not 500, but you make your number above 500 in that game when it was about to be 300 and something, you're, you're making uh, a lot of money. So, yeah, I, I think Patrick Mahomes did Byron Pringle a little bit of a favor. And if you watch some of this stuff after the game, I think the players 
and the coaching staff really embraced that. I, I think that might have been twenty six percent of his production just that game. God, you are so good at math. No, uh, I'm that using calculator. The calculator. I, I see you. I mean, you got the bang energy. You got the oh. calculator in your hand. It's you impressive. Have both. Um, no, but what I, what I mean is, it, it seemed like it was a coaching point almost to some of these young guys. If you really watch the stuff after the game where they're acknowledging, hey, these young guys stepped up. You had a grand opportunity here. The whole world was watching, and we'll see if a couple of them get, them get paid off. Your, your boy, De, DiCaprio Boodle, leading, leading away with tackles. I've, I've heard you talk about Boodle quite I a bit you know, this he, week. You know what? I'll talk about him more in just a second. We'll take a time when we All come right. back. I want to talk about these undrafted free agents and their role with the Chiefs last weekend. Again, I think it's one of the most impressive games, considering guys like DiCaprio Boodle. We discuss that next. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. We have Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com in studio. And per your uh, Twitter account, Pete, uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid confirmed that every player on the 53-man active roster has passed their COVID-19 test. Probably the biggest information with the Chiefs at this point. Who's playing? Who's not? I know the Bengals have been dealing with this because the right. backup quarterback got it. And everybody's worried about Burrow getting it. But everybody's doing Zoom and everybody's trying to do the right thing. But definitely good news for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I just threw an article about this up on arrowheadpride.com. So that, you know, if you're wondering, because there had been follow-up questions, it, it's everybody. Nick Bolton, Harrison Butker, Rashad Fenton, Lucas Niang, Tommy Townsend, Armani Watts, and the big one, the big fish, Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey suddenly becomes a player to watch in this game for me because the Bengals are projecting to be without two of their linebackers who take a lot of the snaps. Um, Hendrickson not being one of those. Right. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. And you have Travis Kelsey, and he's going back to where, Jay? Cincinnati. That's right. It's football town USA Where at this he, point. They're in the playoffs. They got the college Bengals. football. It's also chili town. So COVID-19. But he's from Cleveland. Mahomes talked about it today. COVID-19 robbed Kelsey of a game, which you, you got to know that he hates because I know that he, despite him not saying it, his final yardage is important to him. And, and that took a hit. He is going to be hungry from coming off the COVID list. He's going back to the city where he played college football, and there are two linebackers out, what's the over-under on yardage for him? That is definitely over 100 yards. Uh, is he going to get to 200 after think about it is, is, you know, People had the questions, what can Mahomes do without Hill and Kelsey? Because, by the way, according to Stats Inc., on that Thursday night game, they're the only tight end wide receiver duo ever to have at least 10 catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. That's it's how big misses 
not having those guys in or a not 100%. Tyree Kill only had two catches. But look who stepped up, man. Top two leading rushers, undrafted free agents. Yep. Three of the top four wide receivers, undrafted free agents, including Pringle that led the way, undrafted free agent. The two leading tacklers were, as you mentioned before, the right DiCaprio Boodle, who's one of the protected guys on the practice squad. But again, a practice squad player that had only played special teams a couple snaps in two games. Leads to the Chiefs, tied with Ben Neiman. Oh, by the way, undrafted free agent. So you look at the undrafted free agents. Right. This is a big reason why I think Veach is GM of the year this year because of the draft picks that he had in the toughest year in the draft, making the Melvin Ingram move, and now these undrafted free agents. I don't see his name on the list anywhere, but go on with the undrafted free agents being no, the part. The 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 Boodle thing is interesting because I don't I don't know if the Chiefs necessarily use him this week with the practice squad protection when he goes out and leads the team in tackles. That suddenly becomes really attractive to every other team around the league. Like that is something that I think is noticeable. But you're right. I I think it's been impressive how how the Chiefs have managed with these two weeks of really needing these depth players to step up and them doing so. And you even look at, like I was saying with Hill, you thought it would be such a big boost last week that the Chiefs finally got Tyree Kill into the lineup, and he didn't really play that Yeah, much. I think his, his, as a decoy was pretty valuable. Sure, right. I completely agree. But it, at the end of the day, it, it, it was Byron Pringle who had to make the catches. It was Derek Corr downfield that had to make that catch for the 50-yard gain. It was Darrell Williams when Clyde goes down all of a sudden that needs to step back up and be your RB1. So a really impressive day, and Brett Reach, you're right, continues to be super, super impressive, especially with day three picks and then after the draft. I, <laughs> it's a good reminder to the Chiefs fans, stick with Arrowhead Pride after the draft because we will have always that list of undrafted free agents, and who knows if they're going to be making key catches in week 16. Yeah, I think that's big. I think the undrafted free agents. But it, are you with me, Alan Veach? Did he does he have the best year in the NFL? Because again, I look at the draft without without the combine. Best year without in the, the com- NFL. Well, think about this. Without the combine, huge. He came out and said this. You were right there when he said it. Second and third round were the hot zones of mm-hmm. this year's draft. So the second round, he's been labeled with Breedland Speaks for the longest time. He goes out and gets Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton. Creed Humphrey leads all NFL centers in his pro football focus grade. Nick Bolton's the only player in the NFL with over 100 tackles and 10 tackles for loss, and he leads the Chiefs by 34 tackles on limited snap counts, by the way. And then to draft a guy like Trey Smith that you throw in as a starter, to me, it's uh, it make a move on Melvin Ingram to really kind of help turn around this defense. I can't think of a better GM in the National Football League, and especially when you look at you know beating the Steelers down like they did with undrafted free agents. Who do you think brings them in? The Magic Football Fairy? You know, it's actually incredible that he gives us a straight answer about the hot zones every year. Why aren't the other GMs looking at that when that comes out and saying, we need to get more picks in this area? What that ends up meaning is the, the value is just at, at such a high. Oh, by the way, you got Orlando Brown, the, lead, the, uh, the starting tackle but in the Pro Bowl. The reason you end up doing that, you know, if you, you feel comfortable about that move, so the Chiefs end up having a late first-round pick. So when they say hot zone in the, the mid to late second – what you're saying is the value is so good there and late first, it's probably equated to someone that you could get throughout the second round. So it's a, it's a, it's a good strategy and it's nice that he always gives us a a straight answer on it. And yeah, without a doubt, I mean, you think about the Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton combination. I mean, what more can you ask for at this point? And he was tasked to rebuild the offensive line. 
he passed. Obviously, it took a little while to get the gelling going together, but you know, the, the mean, more impressive pick. I know that this is a Creed is good station. The more impressive pick is Trey Smith, and I'm good with that. You know, your, you know my feelings of Trey Smith. Yeah, putting your 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 medical staff on the line in a sense, trusting them and 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 them checking it out correctly. Um, by the way, you know, sometimes in the past we've given some grief to the the Chiefs injury staff, and and they nailed that one. They said, "Look, Trey Smith is fine. You know, he hasn't had any signs of this stuff. Let's let's get him in the building." And all of a sudden, these guys that are along the line, especially at center and right guard, these rookies, I mean, they look like two, three-year veterans, and you have them locked up into their rookie contract for the next four seasons. Well, I'm with you. What do you think about Orlando Brown? What are the tackles? The Chiefs in the offseason need a left tackle. They trade for Orlando Brown. Yeah. You know, he started in the AFC at left tackle at the Pro Bowl. He'll probably make all pro, too, to be honest with you. And the other guy was Trent Williams that they went after until 2 or 3 in the morning. He's a starting left tackle in the NFC. So, but, but a huge move, and that's got to be included in some of the things he did that kind of reshaped this offensive line, is making that move for Orlando Brown. But we all know, contract. You know, is he going to be, is he going to get the old franchise tag or long-term? Because the price of doing business with Orlando Brown unfortunately went up when he started in the Pro Bowl. I know. It is going to be such an interesting conversation once the season is over, what they do with Brown and Matthew. The thought has always been, and this is dating back, that the Chiefs would tag Brown and find a way to extend Matthew, get in the middle at some point, and and keep these two guys. And I like Brown. I think you could use one more year of, okay, let's confirm what we saw. Let's confirm that this is going to continue to progress in a way we want before I think you back up the truck and tie up a lot of money and, and potentially a guy, I don't want to say you're unsure of, but I think still, you still, I think, want to see it for another year with him at the left tackle position. It's like that confirmation shot in, in 21 or horse or, you know, in the backyard. Let's just make sure, right? Let's make sure you won this game. It was a lot of questions when he came over here. Obviously, when Ronnie Stanley went down in Baltimore to left tackle, he got moved over to left side. His dad, you know, Zeus, that played in the NFL, wanted him to be a left tackle. He wanted to be a left tackle. And yet, going from a completely different offense in Baltimore to Kansas City, it was going to take some time. And he went to the OTAs, went all that. He wanted to build his chemistry up with his offensive line, but... Man, last six or seven weeks, I mean, there's no, been nobody better than Orlando Brown, in my opinion. I mean, he's really changed like the defense has since earlier this season. But do you season. agree with me? Like, you wouldn't back up the truck right now. Not right if now. you could hold it. Especially hold when it the off. franchise is there for you to use, you might as well use it on a right. guy like that. And especially when you got to pay. And he's going to be paid handsomely with the franchise. Matthew. I think the Chiefs are just, you know, everyone is like, what's going on with Matthew? I think they just need to free up some money. As I think he knows that, too. Solid, That's why he showed up every day. Yeah, as solid as, you know, Hitchens has turned out to be, and and Clark has had this resurgence. You're gonna have to free up that money and and figure it out another way so that you could pay these guys. Um, and I think that ends up happening. But I mean, right now, keep the good, good vibes rolling, win another championship in in 2022 in that in that Super Bowl, and I think everybody feels a lot better about it, even if they have to end up uh, playing for another team next year. Here was Brett Veach before the draft. Mid two to early three area is going to be a hot zone. Uh, I think that that's what really that? where it's a hot zone, man. He almost, sh- he almost shouldn't tell everybody. That you know? is the hot zone, man. I, look, I love the honesty, right? Like as a media honest, member, man. you're you're happy about the that's honesty. You've always wanted, Pete. Why is why is the rest of the GMs not tuning in? 
Arrowhead Pride and getting that getting that little factoid. Speaking of ArrowheadPride.com, you've got an interesting interview tomorrow coming up on your, yeah. your, your weekly series. Thank you for series. the, the yeah. tease. Yeah, keep it locked in with the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We have ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum on in the mid-morning tomorrow. I'm going to share it with Banks to play some clips for you guys tomorrow. But, yeah, that'll, that'll go up on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. We actually completed it this morning, uh, of course, with um, the 33rd team is something new he's working on. You see him on ESPN. He has been a Jets and a Dolphins executive, said some really interesting things about the Patrick Mahomes. Star of Hard Knocks. The build, yeah, the build of the Chiefs. And, and, and again, check it out. It, it's, it's, it's a good interview. It's, it's worth checking out as you get ready for the New Year's Eve holiday, right? One other note, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. I like hearing him. He's had some really interesting things to say on the Chiefs as of late. He brings that front office perspective. It's why I brought Mark Ross on because he has those two rings from the Giants. Like, what does he think? Yeah. Overall, of finding these these undrafted free agents, something we talked about quite a bit, and uh, of course, you know just how difficult it is. He is, you know, his history goes back to Andy Reid as well. One of the guys, Pete, you know, I was really excited about because they get excited about stupid stuff, and that was Matt House uh, coming over as linebackers <laughs> coach because he was a hell of a defensive coordinator at Kentucky. I went on and on about him keeping Drew Locke down the one first down in the second half of Mizzou, and that's the year where Drew Locke exploded for forty four touchdowns. Thought maybe he gets a chance in the NFL as the defensive coordinator, to be quite honest with you. But it's LSU, it's LSU. Is essentially NFL. Exactly. But what I'm saying is he's going to LSU. That made the rounds yesterday. Because finally, you know, Chiefs coaches are getting plucked. We've mm-hmm. talked about the enemy and Spags. Could he get another shot? But it's Matt House to go out and get a big time job at LSU as defensive coordinator. But the good news is he's staying here. Because he wants to see it out through the rest of the year, which I think is awesome. I'm interested in seeing what ends up happening happening with Eric Bieniemy. I don't think he wants to go back to college, similar to this Matt House move, because I'm not sure he wants to get back into that recruiting and and all everything. But I'm excited to be so good at that. Like in 2013, when he came as a running backs coach, and he's always so vocal. I was like, this guy in a living room will get your kid to come to the school. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a it's a good opportunity for a Matt House, and it's a good first step for the Chiefs coaching staff. In the sense of it, it catch, captures attention. It might take one for this ball to get rolling, where a couple of these guys get those opportunities. And I know in Kansas City, you want to see these coaches stay as long as possible. But a Super Bowl winning staff and one that goes back to the Super Bowl should not be keeping their whole staff. It, it seems ridiculous that it's taken this long in for all sports. These, ridiculous. It's for these types of things to to happen, and so. Right, like congratulations to to Matt House. It's a it's good of him that he decided to stay until the Chiefs are done playing this year, and that could be as long as mid February. I know that's everybody's hope. And congratulations to you, Bink. You're the next linebackers coach of the Chiefs, right? Thanks, you're Pete. you're yeah. going to are you going to do that. that, right? Yeah, I'm going to take the job. And I had a feeling you would. I'm going to stick this. You're out a dark horse. Just, just let just, me know. Just, just send me a text so I could. Yeah. I could hit it, hit up the source, you know, on, on Twitter. And yeah, give you all the stuff of retweets. you want, all the inside stuff. You do text you, and you, you do scout. Let you know what's going on. I know it's a linebackers coach job, but maybe yeah. you can get into some of the quarterback scouting. I know they. Then you get in there and you have to stop that guy. You, with your linebackers. <laughs> you could do it all. Well, the, the other guy too is obviously, um, Britton Daly. You know, yes. he's with the Patriots those years. Like has the know. rings. I do too. And you think about the Chiefs front four and the defensive line and some of what they're doing and the transition with Chris Jones inside and outside. Even though people will say he's playing outside, not exactly true. Or inside, excuse me. He's still playing outside at a huge rate. What was it, 20 to 15 this week? Mm-hmm. He was actually outside more than he was in the last game against the Raiders because he was out with COVID against the Chargers. 
He was outside 23 snaps, inside 10, 16. So the misnomer out there. But Brendan Daly got a ring with the Chiefs. To be honest with you, I think he might be a head coach in the NFL before Spags gets that other shot. Just a, just a, a head hot coach, take. you think? I think Brendan Daly, I do believe, will be a, well, he'll probably be a coordinator for I'm not sure Spags is going to be a head coaching job. Let me put it that way. Because I think the NFL is going a different direction. They don't want the Vic Vangio type anymore thing with that offensive mind. But Brendan Daly, I believe, if he's not a defensive coordinator next year, I do believe he starts getting those interviews. Like yeah. I've said with Mike Kafka for years in the offense. I think you got to become a coordinator on the defensive side to even get a look. I could see it in the future for him. Well, some guys don't, though. I mean, Andy Reid was never a coordinator before he got a head coaching job. I tend to think that's why Brendan Daly came to Kansas City. I think when the New England job opened up and he didn't really get a look, I don't think he liked that. He never really wanted to talk about it here from what I remember. But I think that's why he came to Kansas City to, with the hope of getting an opportunity as a D.C. I think he would love a, a D.C. job right now. But I think you're right in your notion across the league that I think most owners are going to want that offensive guru. Like 15 years ago, Spags is in their shot. No right. questions asked. Because even right now, do you sense this with me in Denver where they have Vic Fangio and like in a weird way, like so bear with me, in a weird way, it's almost like Denver is a little bit afraid to suddenly make the playoffs because what do you do in that situation? I could tell that they want to move on. And Vic said, I want to come back one more year. From Vic Fangio. They need two changes. Coach so, like, what if they make the playoffs as the seven seed? I know it's crazy. We're just talking crazy here. What if they somehow have an upset win? You can't fire him at this point. So you're at a point where you want to move on from your coach, but they better not make the postseason. You talking sabotage, then. Pete? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just telling you. I think Denver can be really good if they make two changes. Head coach and the QB, right? Absolutely. And now Aaron Rodgers might retire, so he says, but who knows. Here's a little tease for you with this Tannenbaum conversation coming out tomorrow. We we discuss of there were ties of Rodgers to the Broncos. There have been ties of Russ to Vegas. Could you imagine a division with Mahomes, Herbert, Rodgers, and Wilson? He's still got a contract in Green Bay, by the way. But the other thing, I know, I know. Watch Nathaniel Hackett. If they trade him, that's going to be the AFC. Look at Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Because remember, Rodgers is is stumped for Nathaniel Hackett. That's like one of the guys he likes. Rodgers likes Jake from State Farm, and I'm not sure who else he likes besides Aaron Rodgers. But he does like Nathaniel Hackett. I think could he lure more like if you're yeah. Denver and you say, all right, let's bring in Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. By the way, we'll get Aaron Rodgers by doing this. I, they built a pretty good team uh, around those two. What would be vacancies? There's a there's a reason. And I think a very strategic reason that they lock those receivers up because they want to be able to pitch one of these available quarterbacks and not and have that person not be Jimmy damn Garoppolo. <laughs> Again, another Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon glorified. Let the Chiefs down. Didn't beat Tennessee. Had an opportunity. Let them off the hook. So now Tennessee, by the way, which, by the way, if the Chiefs win, they're the number one seed because they control their own destiny. But if the Chiefs lose to the Bengals and the Dolphins that are on a seven-game winning streak beat the Titans, the Chiefs could lose to the Bengals and still stay as the top seed. (laughs) I think the the Tennessee Titans are vulnerable right now. And I I think this is a bigger weekend – then you realize, I just don't think you want it to come down to having to necessarily win a division game. Like, I do think the Chiefs are going to beat the Broncos. You just never know in the division. The Chiefs were rolling over teams 
last year, and all of a sudden the Raiders ripped one out. Because, well, going back to 2015, they have. It's an AFC. But I'm, I just, and Peyton Manning's in the Hall of Fame. I still like to leave it into division games. If you can get it done this weekend, and I I, th- I was telling you off air, I think the Dolphins can beat the Titans this version before oh, 100% Henry I agree gets with back. You. The Dolphins are hot. They're playing well. Weird and, team, man. First team to ever be seven-game winning streak, seven-game losing streak the same season. And, that is really, really bizarre. And I'll tell you this, too. Uh, if the the Chiefs are able to wrap it up this weekend, they're, they're going to have three weeks off their feet. This is already the best team in the AFC. Andy Reid will rest most starters for week 18. You'll get the bye week then. And then you're talking about three weeks of energy for your players. And I know there's some people out there that are like, rust. Just the way Andy Reid does it, and it seems to work yeah. a lot of the time. And so I, I think that is just such a, a boost. And it's, and it's you know, emphasized and magnified by the fact that only one team gets it now. You're not talking about two bye weeks anymore. Is Brian Flores finally going to be somebody from the Patriots team that works? Because everybody else is kind of just falling on their face, including Bill O'Brien that's now with Nick Saban because Nick Saban turns these coaches around. But Brian Flores, will he be the one guy to kind of break that notion that feel like Joe Judge, like Bill O'Brien, like Charlie Weiss. Joe Judge has got him another year. In, Scott Pioli. I know he does. But Scott Pioli. Ridiculous. You name it with former Patriots, everybody wanting a piece of that tree. Could he buck the trend? Um, hard for me to believe he can win a title or even threaten with this quarterback. I'm not a Tua guy, but I think he can have some success. I think there's a reason that that organization was aggressively pursuing Deshaun Watson. And and if they end up getting him, and there's a lot more to that conversation that we all know about that that needs to be resolved off the field and 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 whatnot. But if they can get them a quarterback in place, I think Flores has what it takes to to build a contender. I do. Before we take a break and and move on to some other stuff here, Pete. One last question about a coach. You and I've had this argument before. Mike Kafka. The Kafka. Like the Kafka. Look, he's quarterback coach, passing game coordinator. He gets these raises and bumps every year just so they can keep him with his title. Mm-hmm. But I I know he was, quote, maybe going to interview last year, getting some looks. I know that other teams definitely want Mike Kafka. His star's rising. But Mike Kafka, could this be a guy the Chiefs lose? If Eric Bieni, well, if Eric Bieni gets head coach job, he's offensive coordinator. I think he stays. I think, But is this year he looks at other things? I personally think that. The slight bigger worry for Kansas City is like a bottleneck situation right now. If the enemy continues to get shut out, which we don't know how it's going to go again, but this would be. I think f- he ends up with the Raiders. But. The fourth off season. I just hope he ends up anyway. I think he ends point. up with the Raiders because it's that'd be smart. He deserves. It. He deserves an opportunity. He knows this team inside and out. But I think Andy Reid wants to see Kafka as the next OC, oh. right? That this is how I think he wanted to do that last year, and it's and it's been bottlenecking. And so I don't know what type of situation happens in a, in a world where neither of these guys gets gigs. I, I'm or surprised more does people Kafka do. jump somehow. Yeah, you know, surprised. I don't know. It, it is an interesting scenario. Just surprised more people don't want an Andy Reid disciple. I mean, 25% of this league is guys that work for Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. How about McDermott, what he's doing in Buffalo? Not bad. How about Harbaugh in Baltimore from that tree? Matt Nagy, I know he's probably going to get run, but he was coach of the year just a couple of years ago. He's got as many coach of the years as Andy Reid does. And Doug Peterson, Dougie Fresh, he's, has a Super Bowl uh, title. Even the though- Silver Fox, he's interviewing on yeah. on. On Thursday with the Jaguars. Jaguars interviewing everybody, including me and you. But Dan Quinn turned him down. Respectfully declined. Yeah. For me. For me oh, personally. Oh, I'd take it. Too hot. I'd go work with Trevor Lawrence. I like I like the seasons, right? You get winter, you fall. Back. You get a little bit of spring and fall in Kansas City. It's mostly winter and summer. 
You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Jay Binkley, Pete Swinney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. We'll take a timeout, and we'll look at uh, some other things that happen in the National Football League that are very important. we do that next. Welcome back to The Drive. Jay Binkley with the Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney. Uh, MLB Network, we have it up in the studio. It's uh, Game 7, 2014 World Series. Never forget that night in Mad Bum. Uh, Jeremy Guthrie's on the mound for the Royals. Uh, this is just barely before the Chiefs-Broncos streak started because it started in 2015. But I got pulled over on my way home uh, from this game, Pete. Uh, really? That night, yeah. And let go because of Madison Bumgarner. Right. Because I right. brought it up. I said, I'm just, he says, you know your speed. And I said, I'm pissed about Bumgarner. Right. Taking he, it he out agreed on the, and let me go. Taking it out on the old car. Maybe he was upset about Bumgarner as well. He was. Why let me go? Seemed like a cheat code that night. Oh, he did. Didn't want to see him. That's why he's a popular Halloween costume that year. Pete, uh, Adam Schefter uh, just tweeted out, these guys have been really busy on the uh, COVID front. It's why he's throwing a a wrench into Mm. national reporting like Schefter and Rappaport and Palmer and those guys. 100 players were returned today from the COVID list, including, that's a lot, including practice squad players. We already know they're going on the list as a record amount. The 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 NFL is making it easier now. Vaccinated, unvaccinated. You're not 10 days if you're unvaccinated. You're only five. You have to pass one test. But there's no wonder so many guys are coming off the list. Cole Beasley's even off the list. Right. It, it extends to unvaccinated players as well. The NFL, essentially, with the new CDC news, and, and really before it, were saying and adjusting to the Omicron variant and, and essentially saying, well, if you're vaccinated and, and boosted, the symptoms are, are – are not as 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 bad. You can continue playing, especially if you're asymptomatic and they've made adjustments. And now with the five days in a whirlwind, you're seeing all these players come back to beat around the or to get around getting into the nitty gritty of this. The NFL just said, look, we are not having coronavirus affect our postseason because I think it felt at a certain point there was going to be a key player that missed a game. And then maybe after the season, this thing starts to go away. We're hopeful of that. But you almost saw it with Carson Wentz, who is now, from what it seems like, going to be able to play against the Raiders. It's one thing, but it's now it's affected the integrity of the game. Because that, Brown, yeah. that Browns-Raiders game, they, they were on the third quarterback of the game. But the thing is with that game is the Browns were without so many players. It came down to a field goal at the end. Now, the Raiders' playoff hopes are alive they, if they win their next two. They're, they're, so that it impacted the Raiders. It also impacted the Browns. They still have a chance to win that division, but they would have been in first place had they won that game against the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Because they beat the Bengals already. They'll play them again, but they already beat them once. I think now that the doctors and stuff have established it's safe to return to play, at least in the doctors they trust at the league level's estimation, they're just adjusting and being a little bit more aggressive than an NHL is who you know, shut down for a few weeks and, and whatnot. They're, they're pushing forward. I think to the owners who lost a lot of money during the coronavirus pandemic, I, I think they're feeling if it's safe enough for our guys to go, we want to finish this season on time. And I, I think the biggest thing is they don't want these games impacted by missing these star players. And if you, if you take last week and say it was a couple weeks later, Chiefs would have to play a playoff game without Travis Kelsey, and I, I know that a lot of people would have been upset about that. And and I I think it it's changed now to be safe now. Ninety days players, can't be tested. Players are right now. Now once they're through, they don't have to be tested. Players are now going to be asked to self report, which essentially means they won't. They won't. Which is this a good is thing be for the fans. Postseason football. 
Yeah, I, it's it's it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'm sure everyone has their their opinions on it, but that's just the way the NFL is going. Do you ever think we get to this point? I mentioned earlier. I said I was talking about these COVID rules. And I said I never expected to be talking about any of this because, again, I'm not the medical professional. I don't I don't deal with that. I deal with football, yeah. <clears throat> but it is part of football because it impacts who plays and who doesn't, which changes the game plan. And I've mentioned these national reporters, like they used to talk about hammies or quads yeah. or something like that. Now they're talking about. Things like this distracting them, I think, from what they typically do is cover the game because they're so busy doing this. Yeah. It's tough. To, you need a roadmap to find all these guys that are. I've been using arrowheadpride.com because it's tough. I keep a running list on who's on the list and who's off. I can clear out the list at this point, but it was keeping it tough. Okay, <laughs> he's you. off the list, so I moved Tyree Kill off. I have to but, give a, a shout out to, to John Dixon, my deputy editor, who's been helping double check my work as we kept track of this thing. And we did a roundup yesterday, and, and yeah, now we can kind of clear the list and move on. Uh, it seems, again, once a, a player is positive and, and, and misses, they're good for the next 90 days, which should get you through the Super Bowl. And then you're knocking on all the wood, and I think we have all our hopes that when September rolls around again, we're out of this thing. I mean, I know that seems a little bit optimistic at this point, but I, I think that's everybody's hope. Well, the NFL, there was 256 games last year. They got through them all which is they were outside the bubble when the NBA and NHL were in one. They were not. in Major League Baseball didn't have fans. The NFL pressed forward. They didn't have to cancel a game. They had to move some games. They didn't have to cancel one. And this year there's 272 games. They're going to get them all played. Because come hell or high water, they're still going to play these games. I think they moved them earlier on. They didn't move any last weekend, even though they could have. Well, the Chargers-Texans game was a mess. I think they had a little bit of an games. experiment. They said, let's push these games to Monday and Tuesday. Let's see if we can get the quarterbacks back. And I believe it was three quarterbacks that weren't able didn't to work back. with Washington didn't work with the Browns the two quarterbacks right and and I think at that point they they said and, and my initial thing when all these positive tests were coming in for Kansas City you know leading into what was the Pittsburgh game where it seemed like there was a, a complete outbreak I thought they might consider initially moving it but then as you can kind of put stuff together and see that they were going to get some of these players back like a Tyree Kill came back then once players came back and once the Chiefs those couple days in a row had no more players to the list. I knew that they were going to play this game. And and I think the most important thing when you're going to move forward and play a game is that these teams have their quarterbacks. As much as you want to win, it wouldn't have been as sweet if Big Ben wasn't playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, there's right? a lot of teams and a lot of quarterbacks look at it going, what are you doing this now for? We needed this a couple weeks ago. Right. Well, with good reason. I think the NFL might have been a week late. Yeah, with, I agree. They, they tried to be aggressive. Because it impacted games. But... It, I, I feel like they, they think they've made their overcorrection and now they, they move forward into the postseason. Washington was so concerned about it, they actually had a plane at Dulles forever got off the list at like 1 o'clock to fly to Philly. Like that, like only one guy got on a plane because everybody else was still on the list, but that's how concerned they were about being able to play the Eagles, which, by the way, they could have been the seventh seed winning that game even though they had to go play without 15 players. Yeah. In Washington. Well, I, and look, I get it. They didn't look good this week, but that was that week. There's so much unknown. So, I mean, to, to say that the NFL isn't taking somewhat of a risk here, I, I think would be wrong. But they're putting it in the hands of their doctors, and they want to play these games. So they've created a situation where for hell or high water, they're doing it. Not saying they're wrong or right. It, it just is what it is right now, and, and they're going to push forward. Generational thing, Pete. But last night was uh, big news, obviously, with John Madden. And it's interesting to see just how people perceive him. Did you perceive him as a coach that went to eight out of ten years that he coached in the playoffs? Seven title games, by the way, in a Super Bowl championship. He was a hell of a coach, best winning percentage any coach with at least 100 wins. 
goes in the Hall of Fame as a coach? Or do you see the broadcaster? Or do you think of the video games? I think that's one interesting thing about think, John Madden. He's all of them. I think what is cool to me is for people my age, we sort of looked at him as the broadcaster and the creator of the game that helped us get obsessed with football and Sundays and everything like that. I, I think you get a little bit older and it's more looked at as the coach and broadcaster because maybe those folks didn't play as many video games by the time that they were a certain age. And I think what's really cool about the John Madden, Madden legacy, and Andy Reid alluded to this today during his, his press conference, you could tell there was some emotion there. Uh, this is a man who was really successful wearing a lot of hats, right? And so that's hard. To, it's hard to be really good and the best at any one thing. You can make a case that he was one of the best coaches. You can make a case that he might have been the best broadcaster of all time, certainly created a monopoly, essentially, on the video game that is Madden. And, or just being himself. And you have Patrick Mahomes. just himself up there saying it helped him learn the game. You're talking about what has, who's been the most famous athlete in Kansas City history now is up there saying, look, I used Madden and it helped me learn the game when well, I was his dad kid, used so. Randy Moss and beat him and he really made him cool. And I want to say this too because I, I thought it was just a nice moment today and Vahe emphasized it on Twitter and I completely agree with Vahe of the Kansas City Star emphasized it on Twitter and I completely agree with him. Andy Reid at the end of the press conference said to us that are asking him on the Zoom conference about Madden, Thank you for asking. Like This guy meant a lot to Andy Reid. And to hear Andy Reid and how people act around him and for him to say something like that and to say he was above the moon to go into the Madden bus, I think that even further tells you what you need to know. Andy Reid is getting nervous, was getting nervous when he first met this guy. Now there are thousands of people that would feel that way around Andy Reid. So it's almost like an inception sort of thing. And I thought it was really cool that Andy Reid thanked us be- because he just wanted to talk more about his friend. Yeah, he gave a, he gave, talked about Madden right there at the beginning, and he did thank everybody for asking all the questions because he was close to him. He used to talk to him all the time. And there's a lot of similarities between the two, to be quite honest with you. How they treat people, how about they go about nothing fake, it's all real. Uh, so that was that, the John Madden deal. I, you, you're at this, all these press conferences. i got to ask you if you ever do something like this. Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. Maybe next week. See, that, that's the part. It's Bill Belichick. After losing to the Bills at home, a huge game for him. You know, I mean, there's probably some boss or something that's centering with that question. Mm-hmm. to us build this but you don't ask these things after a loss clearly yeah. it's, it's more for baseball at the beginning of games you can ask things you don't ask them afterwards you've heard all the barbecue questions you've heard some silly questions i though am shocked because this is a week after Belichick apologized <laughs> for his behavior after another after that I, colts loss and then they say ask me next week that is something 10 years ago we would have heard him say he would have stuck his middle finger up and told her where to go here's my take on this and everyone can have their own take you, you're gonna feel how you feel I don't think the question is wrong. I'll give you an example. So this year I was doing an assigned community type piece on Derek Nottie and Derek Nottie's at the podium and I announced, Hey, this is a little bit more of an off the field thing. This is during the week. They're getting prepared to play someone. It's off the wall question. I was asking him about his dog. It's different than which, losing by the way, the game it's a great story. His dog's name Rocky because it was scared when it was young and it bobs and weaves. So he named him after the boxer. Anyway, side story. So, I think that is probably the proper time. I don't know. No, if you, I don't know. No, New Year's resolution I, I don't question know you, after a loss, a loss to the Bills to at the home. Bills. No, can't do it. I don't. I I feel that that is not 
the proper situation to ask Bill Belichick about his New Year resolution when ideally you know too, somebody when was laughing and when she works with the when you're a reporter that. asking that question you're writing that story you actually want the subject to be in like a better mood to give you a fun answer I hope she asked it this week because he said ask me next week which is really shocking she should come come back and follow up. I don't even know who it was uh, very brave though. I, I'll tell you, I would Bill not. Belichick even said so. I, my New Year's resolutions had the courage that she had asking me that question. <laughs> that was Brady. Brady said that. Or Brady, Brady said Tom that. Tom Brady said that. But yes, uh, very courageous. Um, I wouldn't have done it. But hey, kudos to her for trying, right? <laughs> I think it's kudos to him, too, by saying ask me yeah. next week. Yeah. So well, Hopefully he follows up with that. Maybe. I'm, not a, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. We should. What is, you don't have any? What, no, let, I, I about, don't, actually. Let me, let me give you one. How about okay. just like a few less bang energy drinks? Maybe one less a week? I've already cut down. That was last year when I was doing two <laughs> or three. I've gotten down to one. I need to lose weight. So that would be like lo- every good year. enough. Once again, I'm renewing my resolution to lose a little bit of weight. Oh, yeah. Goodness. You'd be one of these guys who joins the gym for like two months and then. No, I, I have the gym. It's just I got I to gotta go. You got to go. I got I to gotta get in there, right? I got to get in there a little bit more. So it would be a resolution. Anything? Just wait and. Well, at first, the initial. That's, that's boring, though. Because ini- everybody does. The initial thing would be I, I tend to gain like 15 pounds during football season, so I got to knock off the football season 15, and then an additional 15. That's that's gonna it's a, it's a you know I don't, I'm not gonna do whole 30 to try to lose 30. I'm just gonna you know try to eat a little bit better and uh, get in the gym. Jay, if you want to become my trainer and get in there with me, you know we just talked about Rocky, like a a coaching situation. I could use you. You have a dog? Do I have a dog? No. You need a dog, Pete. You want to be my Mick? It's called Pete. Hey, keep hitting rock. You can be my Mick. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, let's get on. Set up times. That's Pete Sweeney, editor in chief, arrowheadpride.com. That's get you filled up with all the uh, COVID lists. By the way, you won't find any names on the active roster on it tonight, but it's always a good read anyway. 